there are two lines in the Halloween films which I think define and describe this franchise and particularly the character of Michael Myers and the legacy of Halloween to a T. And the first one comes from Dr. Loomis with his off-quoted monologue in the original film where he is describing Michael Myers to Sheriff Brackett. And the line in particular is, I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. And the second quote, the second line, comes from Halloween Ends, the final film in this in this series, in this in this timeline. And this one comes from Laurie Strode, so a kind of a perfect bookend of, of the two protagonists of the Halloween franchise. And this line comes at the end of the film, when Laurie is working on her memoir, and she says evil doesn't die, it changes shape. And what a perfect way to kick off episode number 28 of Phil at the Movies. want to welcome you back. I am your host, Phil Walsh. Today is the day. Finally, after all of these weeks, all of these months, finally, the time has come for me to review Halloween Ends. And I, I just have to like look back on it and, and think, this started, this review of the uh, Halloween movies started all the way back in July. It was July 29th. That was the first episode. And here we are now. It's October. Halloween Ends has come out. It is playing. It's streaming. And what a journey it has been. As I've said from the beginning, I've really been savoring this whole experience because who knows when there will be another Halloween film. Uh, I, I don't expect one for, for quite some time. I mean, as a fan, I would love to have one come out every year or every other year. But at the same time, I, I do understand and, and, and respect that things need to rest, things need to cool. And, and sometimes, you know, there, there needs to be a finale. But again, I, I say that as, as a fan of this series um, and, and just, you know, passionate follower all these years but um uh it, it's uh it's bittersweet to be at this moment but i am uh i'm i'm excited i'm ecstatic to share with you my thoughts on on halloween ends because it is a uh, it is creating quite a stir uh to say the least uh this is a I think fair to say a polarizing entry in in the franchise uh, there are varied reactions i guess is probably the better way to say it but uh I will get into that. I uh, want to just go through the usual bit of housekeeping uh, at the start and uh, start off by uh, saying if you haven't done so already, you can uh, follow along and uh, rate and review this on Apple Podcasts. Also, feel free to subscribe and share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy listening to a, uh, a passionate movie buff go on uh, uh, over his uh, love of movies, or as I say, this is all for the love of movies. Uh, and I and I promise it's not always going to be about Halloween, but certainly the last uh, couple months it's been dedicated to the to the franchise. So uh, for for those of you who may not be fans of the slasher genre, uh, I, I thank you for uh, for sticking with me. And uh, certainly if if you are a fan uh, of the series and and the genre, uh, I hope you've enjoyed uh, the ride, and uh, uh, certainly hope you enjoyed today's episode because. Uh, 
I have a lot of thoughts, and I um, I, I've been I've been waiting to get to the microphone and and uh, record them because, like I said, this movie is creating quite a buzz, uh, you know, both positive and negative, and and going to try to 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 carve it back a little bit, see uh see if uh you know I can put my my thoughts uh, on on the table and. Uh, you know, take it from there. But uh, in any event, as always, thank you to you, the listeners, for your continued support of this show, your response, your your feedback. It just means the world to me. Again, this is a passion project, but just to know that, that people are enjoying the show, uh, it, it really makes it all the more worthwhile. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. So with that, let me begin. Let me let me put this pumpkin on the uh, on the table, so to speak. Let me get out the butcher knife and let me uh, start carving up uh, uh, my thoughts on Halloween Ends, the thirteenth installment in this franchise, the twelfth sequel uh, to feature Michael Myers. This is uh, this is it. This this is the end, or or at least the end of this particular timeline. I think it's fair to say that. We will probably see Michael back at some form or another down the road, but insofar as the timeline is connected to the 1978 film and this trilogy of films by David Gordon Green, this is the end of that particular saga, and what a saga it was. And let me just get it right off my my chest, because this will kind of set the tone, I think, for uh, for the rest of the review I love this movie. I absolutely love it. I am still trying to figure out where it falls in my in my overall um, you know ranking of, of of the series. Right now, I can say it, it is pretty close with with Halloween twenty eighteen in, in terms of of, of being uh, you know, my favorite entry in this in this trilogy, and and I. I think I ultimately expect it will probably become my favorite entry in this trilogy. I I loved it. I, I tried to keep my expectations in check as, as best as possible, and I've, I've hinted at that over the last number of episodes because we all know what happens when we have unreasonable expectations, particularly with a, a, a storied franchise like Halloween and over the last few years we've seen a lot of legacy sequels come to an end and to mix results at at best and so uh I tried to temper my expectations I didn't watch a lot of the trailers I only saw the teaser and a couple of the TV spots I really wanted to go into this uh, as uh, as as in the dark as possible uh because I wanted to enjoy the ride I wanted to enjoy the story and 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 be engaged with it and not be caught up in in you know my own fan fiction, which you know, we're all guilty of, myself included, uh, especially when it comes to these kind of movies. And I have to say, from the minute the movie started with the opening credits, I knew it was going to be different. And again, being a fan of the series and 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 kind of knowing what they had been going for with the previous two, the you know the credits sort of mirrored. Halloween 78 uh, with Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills mirrored Halloween 2's credits. So it, it, it made sense that these credits would, would, would possibly mirror Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and they did. It wasn't the orange uh, uh, coloring on the title cards. It was blue, very reminiscent of the opening sequence for 
for Halloween 3. And so right off the bat, I said, okay, this is going to be different. This is not going to be a straightforward slasher romp. It's not going to be you know two hours of, of Laurie and Michael duking it out you know, or a, a, re, a redo of, of Halloween H2O. This is going to be something different. And, and the film is different. And I think that is probably why it is creating such varied reactions because it's it's not a traditional slasher film in the sense of you know you have Michael going around you know killing you know character 1 moving on character 2 and then big showdown it's a much different film and if if kills was sort of you know an over an overflow of 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 slasher and 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 gore tropes this is much more reserved and it's it's you know dare i say more in the in the vein and tradition of halloween 1978 which was much more of a of a of a thriller much more of a suspense film and and really reliant on character and story over spectacle and you know if you've listened to this show over the number of, of, of episodes and certainly over the last few months, you know that I am someone that prioritizes in a movie and enjoys and appreciates when story does not trump spectacle uh, or, or you know, spectacle trump story. I, I, I always think the story should be what comes, comes first and that dictates uh, the actions that follow. And this film, it is a, it is a story piece from beginning to end. And so right off the bat we're introduced to a new character. It doesn't, you know, start off with a follow-up with with what's going on with Lori or uh Allison, but instead introduces us to this new character Corey Cunningham. Again, the, the last name Cunningham, a nice nod to Arnie Cunningham from Christine, a Stephen King book, but also a film directed by John Carpenter and Again, there's a lot of those influences on this film. There's there's definitely a heavy Christine vibe, and even a little bit of the fog, uh, particularly with the character of, of of Willie the kid, the 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 DJ. But uh, again, there, there's sort of this you know, sort of a love letter to to John Carpenter's other films, and really his his signature uh, accomplishment in my book, which is of course Halloween. All of that is felt, I think, throughout it, but. You know, getting back to the the start of the film, you know, we're introduced to Corey Cunningham, and it, it's right after Halloween 2018, so it's a year later, in 2019, and he's babysitting this little boy named Jeremy, and the parents are going to a Halloween party, and then the kid decides to to play a prank on on Corey, and I have to say, again, knowing that that this movie was going to be you know you know already going to be different. I, I'm I'm engaged right from the start. I'm thinking, okay, what the hell is going on? You know, is is Michael going to show up all of a sudden? I mean, because there is this sense of dread and this ominous tone that really is in the atmosphere throughout this movie, and that's something I'm going to really touch on because, um, I mean, I'll get it you know right up out front. One of the criticisms, and and I I acknowledge it, and I I get. Um, I, I get it and I understand it, is that Michael does not appear on screen uh, for much of the film. He's, he's really 
you know, more in the shadows or, 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 or you know, say, uh, saved for the end. And, and again, I understand that criticism. I, 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 tr- I truly get it. But for me, I really felt that his presence was there even when he wasn't on screen. And it's this almost as if the you know Michael Myers has really become this this legend, if you will, and and that is something that I think you know particularly with with Halloween Kills that was sort of missing in a way. And what I mean by that is through the course of the original timeline, the original series, because of the events of the first film and then Halloween Two. You know, by the time you get to Halloween four, Michael is already this sort of you know mythic figure, and just by the nature of the movie, you know he, he's larger than life. In in this particular timeline, this this set of stories, all those sequels, of course, uh, don't exist, and we're only relying on Halloween nineteen seventy eight, which is a traumatic event, it's a tragic event, it shapes Laurie Strode's life, but insofar as the town of Haddonfield is concerned. There really isn't this, you know, sort of ominous presence of the, the the boogeyman, so to speak. And I guess if I would say that was my one issue with Halloween Kills was sort of the reaction to the town was, you know, was kind of illogical because, you know, yes, Michael's back and there's terror in the streets, but the town doesn't have the relationship, if you will, with the character that exists you know in the other films and so when we get to this movie we've now had these horrible events we've had the original 1978 massacre and then the 2018 massacre covered in halloween and then halloween kills and so by the time you get to halloween ends michael is now this 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 mythic legend this truly is the boogeyman that that lurks in the shadows and his presence is felt everywhere and it's almost like this this creeping virus of of fear and evil that is just seeping through the town of Haddonfield and you know again while you know certainly you know always is you know you, you want to see more michael myers in in action in in any of his movies I I was okay with with his with his screen time and, and kind of the way it was handled because again I go back to his impact is there he's there even if we don't see him and, and you know to me this whole opening sequence with Corey and the babysitting and then ultimately the the, the tragic death of of Jeremy which you know, uh, Corey is responsible for uh, by accident, but 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 again, di- you know, indirectly responsible for is is sort of all wrapped up in this feeling of dread and 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 suspicion and, and this ominous nature that the town is on edge. And the mother even says to Corey before they leave the house that that Jeremy's been having nightmares and, and scared of Michael Myers and he's hearing voices in his dreams and so. Right off the bat, you can see what the impact of Halloween 2018 is on this town, in addition to what had happened in 1978. And so, you know, for me, this idea of, of you know, sort of evil just manifesting in the air, almost like a, a breeze, uh, an autumn breeze, was was really effective. And I thought, you know, was hit home perfectly and captured in this opening sequence, and then it just carried throughout 
the rest of the throughout the rest of the film. So, you know, I'm getting you know a little bit off a off a off a subject, but just kind of want to you know put that out there of, of what I took away from you know kind of what the opening of the film suggests. I mean, not only is it saying okay, this is going to be a different turn of events, but we're now dealing with a Haddonfield post Michael Myers from just a few years. We're not talking 40 years like in 2018 where everybody is either you know, buried in, or moved on or in the case of Laurie Strode hasn't. But this time you can't help but but stumble into this this feeling of is the boogeyman going to return? And that's where the character of, of, of Willie the Kid, I think, shines through uh, in, in such a great way because as this this DJ and and kind of you know I think a, a subtle nod to the Barry Sims character from Halloween Six though I think Willie was it's a much better executed uh, DJ type uh, but but he's out there you know kind of almost you know stirring up you know stirring the pot and kind of you know you know you know speaking aloud okay where is Michael is he going to come back you know what you know what what happened to him and then it kind of it it builds up this this legend and so you know by the time we do get to uh, Halloween you know the present day in 2022 we're already on, on the edge of our seat because it, it, this this town and, and that's i i think really what i took away the most from this film uh, in, in addition to kind of this tying together the themes that Carpenter and Hill were talking about in the first film, but the town of Haddonfield really plays a character, and more so than it has ever played in any of of the films. I mean, this is a town that has been defined by tragedy and grief, and and now is living in fear, and you can see it in the day to day reactions and interactions with people you have uh there's a, a scene where laurie is coming out of the grocery store and and she's and she's called out by uh the sister of of one of of michael myers victims and it's revealed that she survived and it's uh the woman from halloween kills who had the uh, fluorescent uh tube <laughs> light bulb shoved down her throat uh, i think her name was uh, sandra and so right off the bat, this character is, a, you know, she's attacking Laurie and blaming her for what happened to her sister, even though Laurie herself is a victim. And so it just kind of shows that the town has really corrupted itself and turned in on itself because of the events uh, of, the, of the last two films and ultimately is, is infected with this, this virus, this curse, if you will, of 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 Michael Myers and and the town is sick. The town is 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 again sick in kind of you know metaphorical sense, of course. But but it really is it is like a virus or an open wound that has never properly healed. And and what it is, it's it's breeding fear, it's breeding anxiety, it's breeding terror, and it's creating situations where people are looking to point blame. In the case of Laurie Strode. And and the victim's sister, and you know, kind of the center of this story, Corey Cunningham. I mean, right off the bat, because of what happened with with uh, with Jeremy, the kid he was babysitting, uh, Corey is charged with manslaughter. And again, even though it, it was an accident, it, it was a horrible tragedy, because the town is so shaken, 
and unsettled by the events of, of Halloween 2018, they need someone to blame. They need to find another boogeyman. So enter Corey Cunningham, and he becomes the, the scapegoat, if you will. He becomes the target for people to pour all of their frustrations and fear and, and, and anger towards and at. And as a result, he becomes, in many ways, a victim and, and, and is lost in this sea of, of just negativity and resentment, depression, loneliness, and, and ultimately fear. And for me, he was really an, a kind of a, an interesting reflection to, to Laurie because Laurie in this film you know, has finally let go of the past. She's never fully over it, but she's able to work with her grief. She's able to not let it define her like it did for 40 years. And she's trying to have a, dare I say, happy existence. This is the closest, in terms of characterization, I think Laurie felt to 1978 in the sense of this is like the closest we're going to see Lori to how she was before everything went to hell on Halloween night, 1978. And you can see it's, you know, she's a work in progress. She's trying to get through it, but she's gotten help. She's gotten therapy and she's trying to move on and she's not letting her grief and, and fear define her anymore. In the case of Corey, he can't help but be consumed by his grief, by his by his anxiety, by the the fear that is all around him. And part of that comes from, he has a you know, very bad home life, that's evident early on in the film, but there's also no, there's no resources, there's no help for him, there's no nobody to 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 uh, to support him you know again similar to to Lori though the 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 difference being Lori went into a a protective mode very much a a um, you know kind of a, re, of a uh, proactive uh, you know took proactive measures to try and and steal herself from her trauma and her grief and kind of prepare and and ultimately isolate. Corey, on the other hand, is is reactive, and he's, in many ways, giving in to his into his grief and into his into his fear and and situation. And again, just sort of a nice little kind of flip side um, to see, you know, what happens when a character or or someone who's had tragedy happen to them. What happens when they get help versus someone who doesn't have the help provided to them. And how you know ultimately you know because uh, this you know of the situation in the town where everybody is on edge and everybody's turning against each other, Corey becomes this this scapegoat, and in many ways he's almost driven uh, to to the darkness because of the events that uh, uh, that have happened to him and. What the film does, which I think is smart, it doesn't say one way or the other. It doesn't give a definitive answer if if Corey was always this way or if he was if he was made this way. If it was a, if it was a you know you know nature versus nurture argument, never never commits to it, which I think is important because that is the is sort of the theme of what Carpenter was saying 
in the original film, which is that bad stuff happens. Evil exists, and we can't stop it. We we can't control it. We we have to we have to live with it, but we also have to acknowledge that it will always be there. It will always be there, and and sometimes there is no reason, and we will never get an answer for why things are the way they are, or, or why a person does certain actions. And, and that, I think, was, was a really smart thing uh, for David Green and, and uh, David Gordon Green and Company to, to do, which was, again, not, not commit and say, okay, well, Corey was, was, was bullied and, and beaten down, and, and he had all this stuff, or, oh, no, he was, always, he was always on edge, he was always a bad person. Like, it does a, a good job of showing us, you know, Corey, you know, before the events of 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 that night, kind of a of an in, an innocent kid, kind of you know, little dorky. Then it shows us the opposite of what happens when when you've become a scapegoat, when when people are are you know saying things about you, when things are building up, and then you know, kind of tying it together with with how he is with Allison. So there's there's never this. Okay, well, it's this way or well, it's that way. It really does, again, leave it to the audience, but also I think goes back to to what Carpenter was trying to say in the original film, which is that evil is, is always here. I mean, and you know, again, I'll say it again: evil never dies. And I think that's that is a prevalent theme. I mean, throughout all the Halloween films, but in particular, this film uh, above above all else because. We're trying to tie together in both a trilogy, but also a forty-four year legacy, and, and that's you know that's a daunting, daunting task. And I get it if this movie, you know, didn't work, didn't work for for a lot of people. I get it. You know, there's a very strong, passionate reactions, both positive and negative, towards this film, and I think it will be uh, hotly debated for for years and years to come. But for me, this film took a lot of risk, and it took a lot of risk to say, okay, we're not going to just have it be a, a redo of, of of Halloween H2O or, or Halloween uh, 2018 Part 2. Like, it really made a conscious decision to say, we are going to give you a film that is less about you know kind of you know Michael Myers running around killing people or well he doesn't run but you know Michael Myers stalking people and killing them but instead give a a real analysis and commentary on on this on this character and on this entire series and again it it's going to work for some people it isn't going to work uh, for others and I I totally respect you and and respect it if it didn't work but you know, insofar as it, you know, for me, it worked, it, and, it, and it worked uh, more so than I I, I ever thought uh, it would. Because I think we all have expectations, whether we want to admit it or not. Of, of you know, okay, well, what is this movie going to be? It's called Halloween Ends. So is it is it you know just going to be you know two straight hours of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode you know fighting, and or or is it going to be like Halloween twenty eighteen? And you know, the way I I look at it. David Gordon Green gave us three distinct films, and they all tie together. I I don't buy the argument that that this film feels like a standalone or it feels out of place. 
in the context of the trilogy. I, I think these all three feel connected because the through line to, uh, that, that I see is this is what happens when, when tragedy and, 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 and trauma occur, and this is the aftermath. And, and each film kind of documents uh, the aftermath of, 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 said, uh, of said tragic event, and then kind of it's what the reaction to it is. In the case of 2018, you have Laurie Strode, who, who was you know, isolated and, and living in fear and preparation in Halloween Kills. You have a town that, that pretty much you know, becomes a mob and is, is ready to deliver vigilante justice. And then in the third film, you have somebody who is, 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 uh, you know, is, has experienced a tragic event and then ultimately kind of gives in to uh, their darkness you know, because of said event. And again, it's a very interesting look at how trauma affects people, how fear shapes people, and, and ultimately a community at large. Uh, so for that, you know, I just say bravo and 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 props to to David Gordon Green and the entire entire crew and 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 production staff because they really, I think, you know, told a a, a distinct and and really clever tale uh which which was again there's there's the slashing and there's there's the elements that are are, are there with a halloween film but th- there's there's much more to it than that and i think going back to what carpenter and and hill were doing in the first film and yeah it's a scary movie it's a slasher movie but there is something much more again there's something more than friday the 13th or or you know all the other imitators that came after Halloween, there's something there beneath the surface, you know, beneath the leaves, if you will. And, you know, in the first film, it is this idea about how evil can come into a small town, how it can take it over, how it can you know, come without mercy, come without without notice, and it just happens. And this film especially it shows that evil will, will always be there, but even if you defeat it in some form, it will manifest in another. And, and that's where I think the character of Corey Cunningham uh, was really a stroke of genius because we're seeing, you know, as I said, both you know, kind of the, the, the opposite of what happens in the case of Laurie when, when someone doesn't get, doesn't get help, doesn't get uh, any kind of outreach, but also what happens when you allow the the grief and 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 fear to consume you and again i tie it back to that to that line about evil uh changing shape that is what this film really is is communicating and it's what really you know michael myers is all about because i mean yes there's there's michael myers the man and and he is in this film he's in all the films of course but but there's there's also michael myers the myth and i think that's what is really hit home in this in this particular movie you have to confront evil you have to 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 face it but you also can't let it consume you and i think in so far as the town of haddonfield is concerned they have never properly Healed. They have never properly dealt with the events of both the 2018 story and the 1978 story, and so again, it goes back to being an uh, an open wound. And and if you don't 
clean a wound, it gets infected, and it eventually consumes the entire body. And that's where we see Haddonfield. This this is a town that is not only on edge, but this is a town that is literally tearing itself apart and rotting. And again, there's there's no compassion. There's no there's no humanity. Again, you take the character of Corey. He is immediately ostracized and becomes a proverbial boogeyman because the town is always looking for someone to to blame. And, and this is something I noticed on, on my second watch. There's some billboards that are seen kind of in different wide shots uh, in the film. And it's all missing, uh, missing you know, teens, missing people. And if you listen, you know, to the to the exchange between Corey and and the um, uh, the homeless person under the bridge, the implication is that Michael has been you know taking uh, people, killing them, and then you know presumably taking them back into the sewers to to eat them or, or do whatever he does uh, with them. And you know that again, you know, you know, first off, you know, showing that you know Michael is always there and his presence is always felt. But it also shows the lack of you know compassion and concern in this town where you have missing people. And there's this great opening uh, part at the beginning, this montage, which after Corey has been arrested, we see different events that have happened over the preceding years leading up to Halloween 2022, where... Every time something bad happens in Haddonfield, certainly starting with Corey, but every time there is a tragic event or a murder or a disappearance, the immediate response is Michael Myers. And again, whether he did it or not is irrelevant. He has infected this town. He's infected their thinking, and they are now constantly wrapped up in this idea of the boogeyman is not only here, he is everywhere. Again, that's going right back to, to Carpenter's ending that, you know, he's everywhere. He, he's always going to be there. He's in the house. He's down the street. He's, you know, in your neighbor's house. Like, I mean, like, it's like, damn it. This is like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is why this movie resonated with me in such uh, a, 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 such an incredible way, because it, it just felt so close to what Carpenter was was saying in the original film it it did feel the closest to halloween uh 78 and and i think again, a lot of that you know you know there's there's lighting there's there's mood there there's there's atmosphere but there's also you know the themes and those themes are explored through the characters and through their their interactions and you know, this wasn't a movie where I was like, oh, God, you know, that's a cringe line. Like, you know, there's no evil dies tonight, you know, every 20 minutes. Like, all these characters felt real. They felt developed. Nobody felt like just a stock character. Like, the, the high school bullies, I mean, those are some, you know, some messed up band kids, I think. But, you know, they all felt real. And they all felt like people in a small town. And... I saw this um, uh, this uh, quote from uh, in, in a in a uh, in an article, and I, I think it was from Richard Newby. Um, but um, shout out if it was. But um, you know, he made a great point that none of the characters in this film, none, none of the, the the citizens of Haddonfield, look like they're out of central casting. They all look like real people and and that's something that i picked up on because like again there they it's there's that believability i go back to what i said in in my uh 
my my review of the first Halloween film is that you believe in the characters. And again, if you believe in the characters, you're going to believe in the story and in the situation. We've all known, in the case of the first one, we've all known people like Lori. We've all known people like Annie, Linda. In this film, we've all known people like, like Allison. We've known uh, people like Dr. Mathis or or people like uh, Deb, the nurse, uh, who works with Allison at the hospital, or even you know the bullies. Like we, We've all had those kind of either experiences or interactions, or we know of them. And having that believability and having you know, actors who, who look like they're from this town and look like they belong in Haddonfield, Illinois. Again, just, I mean, it's the chef's kiss because, you know, it'd be very easy to just, you know, hire a, a, a known actor or hire, you know, a familiar face and, and just, you know, plop them down in Haddonfield. But, but David Gordon Green really cast people, you know, to look, you know, real, I guess is the way to say, it, look like they're from this, this community. And, you know, that is no more clearer, I think, than in, than in Halloween Ends, where you really get a sense that this is a real town and this is a lived-in town. You know, it's not just a movie crew coming in there for a few weeks and shooting a few scenes. Like this felt to me like Haddonfield, Illinois. It felt like how Haddonfield was in 1978, whereas Haddonfield in '78 is this sort of picture perfect, you know, suburban town in in uh, in the Midwest, and you know, everybody's just you know going about their day and, you know, happy-go-lucky, you know, Laurie's singing a song. Like, it's, you know, very, it's very nice. But then, of course, you know, the shadow of Michael Myers comes in and everything gets corrupted and destroyed. Now, of course, you know, you you have a town that is, that is, you know, essentially rotted in in more ways than one. And, and, and that, that is, that's great. Like, again, this sort of this, you know, you know, cycle, this sort of this, you know, symmetry, everything coming, coming, coming back to the basics. And, I don't know that, that that to me was just you know I was sitting there in the movie theater like yep, yep nailed it nailed it like I mean just I had such such a huge smile on my face uh, you know just just because I, I don't know I was so engrossed in the story in the drama and, and then just you know just the experience of it all that this was Halloween ends this you know this is the end of this particular storyline this particular one and of course you know it's emotional but um it, it was it was well worth it was well worth the ride and you know as i've said i i've seen it now twice and you know i always always see a movie twice uh especially when it's you know something that is hyped like like this film and and you you know, of course you don't want to you know go off of your immediate first reaction because you know you got to take time to process it i mean i always go back to the dark night you know i Left that movie theater, uh, movie theater, you know, ten feet tall and and just you know ready to go. But then you know, of course, you always go back to it, and then you know your your original thoughts are validated. Uh, but of course, I've had some instances where um, you know I've watched film, you know, take the the Rise of Skywalker and left that film, you know, very happy, and then came back to it and was uh, crushed and disappointed. So like you know, there is that you know it, it can you know can go wrong or you know, your opinion can change or be affected. But uh, I have to say, left Halloween ends uh, watch of the theater, happy, ex- excited, loving it. Watch it a few days later on Peacock. Same reaction. If anything, loved it even more. Like because it, I saw more. Uh, things that I didn't catch the first time. I was aware of of of, of different points, and 
And like I said, going back to 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 Michael, which I know it's it is a source of uh, of of uh, you know of irritation, and and there is this you know there is a lot of, of varied thoughts on you know was he in the film enough? Should he be in the film more? You know, he was too weak or this. And, and again, I I really thought they handled Michael just just right because again, not that you know not that you know minutes or seconds are are are, are always you know uh, intercha- interchangeable, but. Uh, in the original Halloween, Michael is in the film for little under ten minutes, and in this film, he's in it just shy of eleven minutes. So again, you know, perspective is, is key. But I think, you know, I don't quite buy the argument. That, oh, you know, he, you know, he's done it enough. I mean, of course, you know, we all want to see more, you know, as much Michael in a movie as possible. But you know, this film I felt did a did a superb job at showing him even when he wasn't there we were seeing the effects of michael myers even when he was on wasn't on screen and so when he does appear on screen there's an excellent payoff you know the the, the scene where he is revealed uh with Corey was was utterly terrifying because you have this 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 exchange almost this surge of of energy between these two people where you know in many ways you know Corey's looking in michael's eyes michael's looking in Corey's eyes and you know as much as you can see into the soul of Michael Myers, you know, Corey does, and 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 I think you know, vice versa with with Michael, and that was a that was a I mean, on top of being frightening, was was a a great way to to bring him back again, kept him in the shadows, sort of like how he was in the first film, and and I like how he really is covered in shadows and and lighting in this film he really is a shape he really is the shape or the boogeyman and and i think that was a nice touch because it really does again play on the themes of this of this movie about evil changing shape that that in many ways it's bigger than than michael myers the man that 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 the myth is is what is larger than life and what is and what is everlasting and so again when he was on screen i i thought it was really handled uh well and 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 effectively and i mean that that whole scene where he kills uh you know the the ex-boyfriend of allison's uh and a cop in town i mean that that was i mean that was like that's classic michael myers and it was it was interesting because the scene i guess as it was it was as it was written it did not have this uh you know sort of like you know michael myers getting his mojo back all of that was improvised on set by james Duke courtney he he was the one that kind of figured out you know how the character would react in that situation and you know on on top of that being you know a perfect way of showing you know michael you know getting back his groove and whatnot um i mean just Shout out to James Drew Courtney. I mean, the guy is is fantastic as Michael Myers. He, I mean, I think he might even be the best, uh, uh, you know, person, to, you know, best portrayal of Michael Myers. And you know, I mean, as much as I love Nick Castle's in the original, James Drew Courtney has really had a a chance to to take uh, this character, uh, as much as you can call him a character, and really develop him and really, you know, give him a personality. You know without revealing too much without peeling back the mask and, and exposing the uh enigma uh and i i think he he really th- this again i think was his you know his best performance because it really 
I, I felt kind of tied back to to to, to Carpenter's again. Where you know Michael is is you know when he's there, he's there, but when he's not there, he's lurking, or or his his presence is being felt. And again, it's 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 right there in in Hanfield. It's right there in 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 uh, in dealings with Laurie and. You know that's 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 really what I, I want to focus. I think a lot of this on is is, I mean, you know, damn it, Th- this was, I mean, uh, in addition to being you know you know bittersweet because this is Jamie Lee Curtis's final uh, time portraying Laurie Strode, I thought this was her 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 finest hour uh, as the character. She she left nothing on on the field and she. She delivered a powerhouse performance, and it's and it's such a layered performance because it's you're dealing with someone who was both you know trying to heal, but but there's also that that moment where it you know it could switch. It can almost go back to to um, you know to the old Lori that we saw in 2018, and I don't. It was just it was such a a touching and and powerful performance because you can see that this is a character that is trying to move on and and is not letting fear and and the, the the thought of michael control her and it's interesting when you sort of look at the town of haddonfield you know as i said the town plays a character in this film the town is 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 rotted to its core the town is a is an open wound because of michael myers and lori on the opposite end of that has really stitched herself up she she has closed her wound and is in the process of healing it may never go away there will probably always be a scar but she is healing she is trying to move forward and i think it you know again shows in 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 parallel how even as laurie is trying to move forward the town is almost dragging her back and you know, that's where where Corey really I think becomes the great uh, focal point because he is is the connective tissue between Laurie and Allison uh, Haddonfield and Laurie and then ultimately Michael Myers Haddonfield and Laurie he really is the 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 trigger and the cause that brings all of this in into into action and I and I think that was that was a smart focus it wasn't just you know Michael is is going you know out you know out again for some reason and, and killing there's a real you know you know dare I say method to this and you know all of these characters you know you know Michael included are 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 wounded you know Michael you would you know say more so physically uh, than anything else, but they're all wounded and they're all they're all healed and or or heal or scarred or or trying to heal you know to you know, take your pick and and Corey is sort of this um, you know disruption that comes in and sets everybody off course you know it it he pulls Laurie you know back towards the abyss he brings Michael you know kind of you know back out of the abyss and back into in into into existence into action and and sort of you know creates this this odd and 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 you know delicate uh dynamic between Laurie and Allison and it's you know again it's I know I, I I was I was so captivated by this stuff I was like holy shit they like they really went for it like they 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 decided to do 
a, you know, I, I hate using the word copycat because Corey is really not a, a copycat. And, and it's he's really a uh, kind of, a, you know, a, a, a vessel, if you will, or he is, you know, a, a you know, kind of a, a you know, baton carrier. You know, he's sort of, you know, moving, you know, into the, you know, to the next phase of whatever, you know, this evil is. And again, it kind of goes back to this idea of, you know, the myth is bigger, you know, than the man. And, you know, while a man, you know, may die, you know, the idea lives on. And that is, you know, clearly, you know, represented in, in the case of Corey. He, you know, he is this next, this next version, this next iteration of the shape of the boogeyman of, you know, Michael Myers, the myth. And even though, you know, of course he is, you know, poetically <laughs> defeated by Michael Myers, I, I think, you know, it, it really does underscore that theme that, that evil changes shape, that evil never dies. And even though in this particular entry, you know, Corey and Michael are 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 vanquished and 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 meet their their ends. It it doesn't mean it's necessarily a an all's well that ends well. It doesn't mean it's a happy ending and evil you know goes away. We all know that there is evil in the world. We all know that that you know evil never dies. And it's how we respond to it. It's how we we deal with it. We can we can you know look inward and and we can you know pull away. You know, like in the case of of Haddonfield, or we can try to, you know, sort of live with it, acknowledge it, but not let it consume us, not let us define us, like in the case of Laurie. And I think that's a really interesting case study uh, for this uh, for this film is that it really shows you that that it is unhealthy to live, you know, with with these you know fears and and these. You know, terror is defining and and trying to control your life. When in reality, you just have to you have to learn to to you know not let it consume you, but also you know acknowledge that you you have to heal. And you know, if anything, the the battle with Michael and Laurie, which I will get into more in, in just a moment, but it really is this this catharsis, not only for for the town of Hadden, Haddonfield, which suggests okay maybe. All right, maybe we can finally move on. Maybe the community can begin to heal and clean up the wound and and start to you know, patch itself back together. But it's also a a catharsis for for Lori, where she is, you know, truly saying goodbye. She is truly moving on with her life by 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 saying goodbye to her boogeyman by by vanquishing her 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 monster, and it's. You know, again, it, it it's it really is something you don't see much in a in a horror film, particularly with a slasher, where there is almost this this odd sense of of ominous hope. And again, it's not like you know everything is sunshine and roses at the end of this uh, end of this film. I mean, you know, the characters have all gone to hell and back. You know, relationships have been. Uh, destroyed trust has been broken and and you know fear has of course you know once again reared its ugly head but there is this this sense that at the end of it you know after after halloween is over after halloween has 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 passed and michael has been defeated 
that there is this sense that that maybe things can get better. There will be setbacks, there will be trial and error, but we can move on, we can heal, we can get better. And I mean, that's a perfect way, I think, to end a movie like this, but also to bring closure to 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 a series of you know for forty four years that has not ever had a a a definitive ending insofar as you can call it a definitive ending. I mean, I, I really have to give them major props for for not only sticking the landing because I mean trilogies are 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 challenging and can always. Uh, you know, go one way, the other, either either really well or really bad. Uh, but but they they delivered. Uh, but not only did they deliver, they they did the the seemingly impossible task of of both killing Michael Myers, but also respecting the mythology and ending the story. As I've said, there will be other Halloween movies or or, or projects. I have no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, you know the box office from last weekend indicates that Halloween is still very uh, popular and very relevant. But insofar as this film was concerned, and this trilogy that is connected all the way back to 1978, they 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 truly ended it. And that was, I think, if anything, was my my one big expectation, which I had in the back of my mind. I didn't want a wink and a nod. At the end of the film, I didn't want it to be. Oh well, you know, Michael is still alive. I I didn't want that. I because it would have been cheap. It would have been a cop out, and it would have you know, negated the entire uh, entire film. They 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 had the uh, you know the 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 uh, the fortitude, if you will, to to end it to 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 give this storyline an ending and it is a satisfying ending it is a you know dare i say it is a an emotional ending and again there is that ominous sense of hope you know again the ominous part comes from you know ties back to the themes evil never dies evil changes shape you know it's always going to be out there but there is always the possibility of of a hope for a better tomorrow and that things can get better and people can heal. And I mean that's sort of how I look at these three films now uh in 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 uh in connection with one another is that it really is a story of not only of how trauma and and grief affects people, how a tragic event can shape a life, but it's also how people can heal and how people can endure how they can survive and ultimately how they can find a way to move on and have a a quasi happy existence and i mean that's the beauty of horror that's why i love this particular genre and that's why i love these kinds of films because you can explore all of those themes and all those emotions you know in addition to the stalking and in addition to the killing and all the other uh, uh, you know tropes that come with these films but you know, dare I say this? This was, I think, the first Halloween film since '78. Certainly of of the sequels, but but to really have a have a a real heart and beat running through its story, and, and to be tackling such such themes again. It's not just about a guy in a mask running around and killing people. There's 
you know, there's real world, uh, there's real world reactions, there's real world uh, I- implications, and there's this, you know, kind of you know, experience of the human uh, condition, which is you know, our our you know, our need for survival, our need for acceptance, our need for you know, for for love and compassion, and 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 our fears and our our terrors, and ultimately our our kind of you know, our will to survive. I mean, it's. Again, I, I'm probably getting way too into the you know, the weeds for a a horror film, but I mean, that's what I say. When this this film had left me with such a an impact, I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. It's almost been a week now, and you know, I've seen the film twice, and I I, I can't stop thinking about it. It really it, it says so much, and and it delivered so much. Again, it not only capped off. 44 years uh, of this franchise tying together this this trilogy of films but it, it also it also told a story that felt worthy of of the Halloween franchise and and worthy of what Carpenter was was doing all the way back in 1978 you know as i said at the start story is important to me and, and there's a real story going on in this movie, as I would really sum it up, is it's a town trying to heal while confronting the forces of evil, which inevitably rear their ugly head uh, when you least expect. And, and that was sort of a another thing I I looked I really appreciated was how each of these characters in this movie, when they're at their lowest their lowest point, has a confrontation or an interaction with Michael Myers. You know, and he's he's really again it's this idea of him this he's this looming presence behind all of Haddonfield, behind all of these characters and he's you know, he's the boogeyman. He he appears when you least expect it and that's and that's what's terrifying. And it's how you respond to him. It's how you respond to this challenge. Again, the case of Corey, he you know, he submitted to the evil that was Michael Myers. He gave in to the evil of Michael Myers. Laurie, on the other hand, fights back and ultimately defeats the evil of Michael Myers. Again, I, I really see Laurie and Corey as, as as mirror and kind of you know opposites of each other in this story, and really, I, I think enhance the overall themes and and narrative in a way that that couldn't have been done if it was just okay. It's four years later and. It's Halloween night, and Michael's gonna pop up again. Like, I, I, I really think it was again. It was it was bold to take the story in in this direction. It was a it was a first for this franchise to really kind of put an emphasis on on an entirely new character and to follow his his journey. You know, again, running parallel with Laurie and Allison, but that took a lot of guts and, and you know again it's not going to work for everybody but f- for me i i really think this was a huge a huge uh, a huge hit and and it just it just worked it worked because i felt that it, it it adhered to the story of these characters but also to the larger story of of halloween and again that all ties back to 1978 so I realize I have gone a little bit over uh, than what I wanted to on this particular episode. So I, I won't talk your ear off for too much longer, but I will uh, 
just give you some you know kind of final thoughts on this particular film. As I said, I think this was Jamie Lee Curtis's strongest performance as Laurie. I think it's her best performance. It, it's such it's such a layered uh, take on Laurie, and it was it was great to see the many iterations uh, in this in this story of how you know she's you know both. You know, trying to move on. She's trying to be a grandmother to Allison, but at the same time, she's still Laurie Strode. And you know, when duty calls, she is ready. And I know she she's the emotional center of these films. You know, she really carries them in, in the same way I think as Donald Pleasance did. And so it's just I know just absolutely fantastic. She 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 nailed it. And you know that that also goes uh, for um. Rowan Campbell, who plays uh, Corey, just a just a tortured performance. It really is. It and it's and it's you know dare I say sad because you know we, we are watching a character descent into darkness. And it, it, you know I know there's some you know comments. Oh, he didn't have an, an arc, or it really wasn't fulfilled. But I I thought he served the story well because I mean as I said not only is he the connective tissue bringing Laurie and Michael back into confrontation with each other but he really represents you know what can happen when when a you know a, a wound if you will metaphorically uh, goes untreated he is that that end result and again it ties into that theme that there there will be other forms of michael myers there will be you know, perhaps another uh, michael myers down the road and and you have to be on guard and you have to be prepared for it so i i thought he was utterly fantastic in this film and really uh i was surprised because especially when you're bringing in a new character this late in the game you know there's always that tendency oh maybe it might be too much but i i thought he worked and and, and again it worked because he. It was the story, and the story uh, was served. Uh, you know, again, wasn't just you know spectacle and action. There was a story, and I think that's that's what helped uh, you know drive it home for me. I mean, what else? What else can I say? I mean, like I said, I I I I get you know the the, the criticisms. I I understand that this movie did not work for everybody, you know, because it is different. You know, there is, there is a weirdness to it. It is very psychological at points. Um, you know, it's, it, it's not going to be for everyone. I, I do think it will be, uh, you know, debated for years and, you know, maybe, you know, it has a, a renaissance down the road. Uh, you know, we'll see and we'll see what happens. You know, everything is always, you know, passionate, uh, in the moment. But for me, I, came away from this film completely satisfied and and, and riveted uh, really just i i thought everything that 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 needed to be said was said everything i i i wasn't expecting to be said uh was said and and it and it resulted in a in a nice conclusion uh which i i really thought would be a challenge just because this series has that tendency a la halloween h2o to you know do one thing and then turn around and do something else. So I, I really, again, props to David Gordon Green and everyone for, you know, sticking the landing and, and making, you know, having a complete story and ending it. And I think that's, that, that's, that, that's about all you can ask for. And, and, uh, you know, on the subject of, of ending it, the, the, the final battle between Michael and Laurie, I thought was 
the the, the piece de resistance. It, it was everything I would have wanted and more. It was emotional. It was raw. It was brutal. I thought it topped H2O. I know that I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that. Uh, but what my issue is with H2O, and I you know, aired my thoughts earlier uh, on another episode, but particularly with the ending, even though it is very climactic and it's a great end to the brother-sister storyline, it is quick. It's over and it's done. Credits roll. And of course, as I've said, you know, my big issue with H2O is it ultimately leads to resurrection and that's a whole other, a whole other world of hurt. But, um, you know, the, this film really savors the ending. It isn't like, okay, Michael's dead. All right, we cut to the epilogue. There really is this, you know, kind of respect and, and, you know, dare I say, send off to the, to the boogeyman. And it's, it's not just like, okay, bam, we cut his head off. He's done. Or, they're fighting and then bam he falls into the into the to the industrial shredder it's like no it really it's it's a fight it's a it's a battle it's a reckoning and and it's ultimately a resolution and and it's and it's it's emotional it, it's i would say like h2o is very climactic it it it's it sort of again fits with the brother sister storyline this ending i thought really was a resolution this this fight really had a terrific payoff and again it's it, it really ties into the the idea of, of this movie being about a catharsis and that's what was felt throughout this film i mean especially you know laurie's final exchange with michael where you know she you know says you know i've, I've run from you and i've tried to contain you and you know you're about to start breathing like it was just all of it, it worked so well. And, you know, again, I remember, I remember, you know, thinking to myself, you know, are they, are they really going to do it? Cause I mean, again, you're half expecting with these films that they're going to you know, pull a, a, a final twist at the end. But I, I, again, they, they had the, the, the guts to, to, to end it and to end Michael Myers uh, in this storyline. You know, again, I say end it in this storyline because I, I, I I widely expect Michael will be back in some form or another, but in this in this entry, this is it, and I, I left totally satisfied, totally riveted, and I mean like, I, I can't wait to watch it again. Like it, it really, it it has that kind of an impact on me. I I think it's probably going to become one of if if not my favorite. Uh, sequels in in the in the uh, in the franchise, which you know, again, 2018 has always been up uh, high uh, on the shelf uh, for me, at least over these last four years. And you know, just the way this film explored the themes and and the and the tones of the entire franchise, how this really was a, a kind of an examination of the legacy of of Halloween, it, it really resonated with me and. It, it you know it, it stayed with me again. I, I've been I can't stop thinking about this film. I, I've enjoyed talking about this film, uh, w w you know, with 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 everyone, and it, it's it, it really it, it was a payoff. I mean, it was easily my my most anticipated film of the year, just because of my my love for the franchise and, and for the characters. And so, you know, again, you always go into these things saying, okay, this could go really good or it could go really bad. Fortunately, 
it, it, you know, it was the uh, it was the former, and I, I'm just I'm just I'm just ecstatic for that. And you know, for, for those you know, if the movie didn't work for you, you know, I'm I'm I I, uh, I, I get it. I, I hear your uh, I hear your concerns, and you know, there's there's always another one. You know, that's how I saw You know, I said something the other day. This won't be the last uh, Halloween film, uh, Michael. Michael, I'm sure will be back. But um, on that note, let me just. Give any final uh, any final thoughts uh, on this uh, on this ending, and I mean it, it really is. It, it's 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 everything you could have hoped for. Everything was on point. The lighting, the direction, the 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 cinematography. I mean, Carpenter's score. Dear God, that that was utterly utterly fantastic, and. I think probably the best of of, of the trilogy and, and some of his his best work uh, to date. It was really, again, playing into the into the themes of Halloween, the musical themes of Halloween, and then just kicking it up to an eleven. I mean, especially that that fight sequence with Michael and Laurie in the kitchen. I mean, that was that was Pete Carpenter right there, absolutely. Um, but again, why did I love this film so much? I mean, you know, one, you know, I just I have this, you know. Love for the franchise, love for the characters. So, I mean, you know, it, it, it's. I'm going to always go into these films, you know, wanting to enjoy them, you know, just because, it, you know, I'm, I'm a Halloween fan, and you know, there's only been a you know a few that have really bummed me out and disappointed me, and you know, some are, are good, some are okay, and some are, are really great. Uh, but but, you know, certainly comparing it, you know, to to kills, which I, I, I love kills and I'm always the first to try to defend it. You know, my reaction when I first saw kills was that, you know, it was good, but 2018 was better. Ending uh, with ends and, and, and leaving the theater, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, it was ju- it was just on a whole other level. And again, I think because it was so different. It was so bold. It was a unique twist on on the legend and and on this on these these characters that, you know, I'm always going to you know appreciate something like that. I mean, different is not always not not always great when it comes to to movies and creative choices. You know, in the case of Rob Zombie's Halloween Two, we won't go, in, go into that. But I mean, you know, sometimes you know taking a swing and it can it can backfire, but they uh they they really took some risk with this film and I think it paid off. I mean I I find it it's a triumph. I I think it is. It really says a lot about the Halloween mythology, about the the legacy, and again ties it all together and ends the film on a you know somewhat you know I call it an ominous note because as we know evil is always out there, but. There is the hope that that things can get better and people can heal uh, with time and with help. And so, you know, with that, I think I will end this particular episode. I've gone a little bit over uh, today uh, than I, I, I intended, but uh, you know, you probably can hear the passion <laughs> coming through your coming through your speaker. So. Uh, I do hope you've enjoyed uh, hearing my thoughts on Halloween ends. Wow, hard hard to believe that I, we've come this far, and now the journey is uh, now the journey's over. No more no more Halloween films to uh, to review. I'm I'm sure if you're not a fan of the 
of the genre. This is a this is a great day for celebration. But uh, if you're like me and, and you love these films and this uh, and this genre, uh, you know it, it, it's sad. You know, it's again, I I expect there'll be more, but. Uh, I, this was a hell of a ride. The last four years, really, again, having Halloween back on the big screen and Michael Myers relevant again uh, as a fan, uh, it was just all you could ask for. And I, I'm so grateful that these films exist. I think they are, you know, each one of them is is a masterpiece. Uh, and, and certainly watching them all together, which I uh, look forward to. I'm going to actually do that on Halloween night. Uh, I, I, I think you're going to just see, a just a, a, a really a beautiful horror story. And, you know, that's something you, you don't see too often. Trilogies are not a rarity, as Randy says, uh, in the horror genre to, uh, to, to quote Scream. Uh, but you know what, Th- these, uh, these are special films and, like I said, I, I think they will be debated and discussed for, for years to come because these they, these were slasher films, these were Halloween films, but they were something more. There was something just a little bit more behind the mask, so to speak, or uh, a little bit more than just a Halloween candy, if you will, uh, in the trick-or-treat bag. Uh, the, these films had meaning, these had, films had depth, and they had terrific characters and and story and at the end of the day you know as a lover of films that's that's all you can ask for and then to get them from a halloween film i mean that is that's that's the that that's the cherry on top that that is gravy uh that that that's a perfect jack-o'-lantern if you will (laughs) okay i think i've probably taken enough halloween metaphors at this point uh with that i will sign off and uh I will be back next week uh, with uh, one more episode uh, for Spooky Season. Until then, everybody, be well, stay safe, and uh, go check out some movies.